and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and I'm joined today by Matthew Holbrook. How's it going, Matthew? Pretty good. Good. Matthew, we wanted to talk to you about musical worship because you oversee the music ministry here at Grace, and we wanted to know how the ordinary churchgoer should think about music. I think we are also probably a little bit curious about how exactly the worship service comes together on a Sunday morning. So I have a few questions on that as well. So let's start off big. Why musical worship? Why is that important to the ordinary church life? Well, I think it starts as everything does with the word of God. And God has given us direction and examples and modeling as to how we come before him through music. And that is only one way that we worship him, but it is an important way. There is an entire book of the Bible devoted to Psalms, which are biblical hymns directed towards the worship and proclamation of who God is. And uh, we see direction to the church that we are to sing Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, as well as to God. And we see the culmination of all time being the redeemed of God gathered together and singing and praising and worshiping the Lamb. And so uh, throughout scripture, we see music playing an important role in the life of the body of Christ in how we approach worship and relate to God. And so it's important that we do that as a church body and that we do that right. Yeah. And you made a distinction there too. You said that this is just one of the ways that we worship. This is musical worship we're talking about. Really, our entire lives should be acts of worship. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you look at one of many examples, Romans 12 speaks of our, our entire lives being a living sacrifice before God and that being an act of worship. And so everything in our lives, all that we would do is in some way a form of worship. So it's not isolated only to music, but music is an important component of our worship lives. So is there a way as I'm preparing for a Sunday morning, getting ready to come to a Sunday morning service, my mind oftentimes just goes to I'm getting ready to hear the word preached and I oftentimes don't prepare myself for the musical worship. Is that is that something that I should be changing or is there is there more I could be doing to dive deeper into the musical aspect of our worship services? I had a college pastor when I was a student who used to reinforce to us often that uh, Sunday mornings start on Saturday nights. And uh, the idea there is There is something uniquely special, sacred, and holy about the gathering of God's people on Sunday mornings, and it is worthy of our attention to prepare for. So I think it's a good question you're asking, and and, uh, I do think that we should come to a church service where we're gathering with God's people, preparing to do that. People prepare their hearts and their minds to go see blockbuster movies or getting excited about a sporting event. How much more worthy is the gathering of God's people to worship for our preparation. And so, um, yeah, I do think we should prepare. I think uh, an an important part of that is that uh, we should just be having a mindset heading into Sunday morning that this is not just another hour of the week. There is something, again, sacred and special about this hour. And we come with that mindset that we are um, preparing our hearts before the Lord in prayer, in reading of the word, but that there is just extra attention to doing that. And uh, I think. To your point specifically, you asked about, are we coming just to hear the word of God preached? And yes, that is the pinnacle. That is the ultimate. But I would suggest to you that how you come and engage in the musical worship that leads in as a part of preparing our hearts to hear that message changes how you might hear that message. 
And so I think that there are people in our congregation every week that hear a different sermon while Mike is preaching or whoever is preaching. Uh, Different people are hearing different sermons because of either how they come to church prepared or even when they come into the church and how much of the musical worship they're engaged in. I think that affects how we hear God's word when it's preached because it's, it's part of how our hearts are prepared to hear that. So kind of by definition, let's shift a little bit. We have music as kind of an emotional thing. Is that something that we should be embracing more as we worship here is this emotional aspect of worship? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. And, and I'm not sure uh, uh, how to quantify if we should be embracing it more. Uh, should there be an emotional engagement in worship? And the answer is yes. I think there should be freedom for that to look different and to play out differently in different people. But I think it's important to go back and understand that music is a gift from God to us. We were made to worship. We were made for music. Even those of us like me who don't necessarily have musical ability, there is something in us that resonates with music. And But what is important about that is the music taps into our emotions, but it funnels through the truth of what the music is based on. And for that response and for that preparation and for that worship to be anchored, it must be anchored in, in truth and engage both our minds and, and our emotions. And so uh, when we come to worship, you're asking if there should be emotional engagement. Yes, but the emotional engagement should be a result of and a response to the truth that is captured in that in that musical interaction and engagement with with God and and with God's people. So let's shift even further then. When we talk about the music that we sing on a Sunday morning, what if I'm just not the mojo isn't flowing as it were? Like I, I show up and these songs and eh, they just aren't really doing it for me. You know, we 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 have a good worship band, but it, it, they don't they don't bring me to that point that I want in musical worship. So maybe I just don't really show up for that musical portion or I don't really pay attention all that well in the musical portion of the worship service. What should I be doing to be more engaged? Because clearly it's important. So what should I be doing to be more engaged? Well, let's start with first the the worship team. I will, um, I know you didn't ask this, but I want to affirm and say up front that we have a group of people who are incredibly dedicated and hey, very skilled. I'm on the worship I, team. I know so. you are, but <laughs> I am. Uh, I want to emphasize that we we do have very skilled, dedicated, committed people on that team that work incredibly hard to lead God's people and give a tremendous amount of their time to that end. I know, I I know you're not suggesting yes, otherwise. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just forced to ask these questions. I I understand. But (laughs) that being said, not everyone's musical tastes and preferences are the same. And it's impossible for any worship group to exactly hit everyone's tastes and preferences. So that being said, how do you how do you come and engage when maybe a particular song or even a, a set of music is not exactly what what moves you the most? And again, that comes back to our preparation and saying, I want to be connected to God's people in worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to to sing to other believers the truth of what Jesus has done and who God is. I want to be focused on the greatest realities in the universe. I want to um, come before the throne of God and proclaim who he is. And all of those things I'm saying are anchored in a truth proclamation. Mm. If your heart is coming with a desire to 
proclaim truth, to hold on to truth, or maybe your heart is, you're, you're coming to a, a Sunday morning and, and your heart is lost and wandering and hurting and broken and you need truth. You need to be, uh, uh, have something to hold on to. And maybe the music style just doesn't engage you, but the truth of God's word should always engage us. I think it's interesting that when we consider the Psalms, for example, it's the, uh, it, it is an entire book of the Bible dedicated to biblical hymns. And yet throughout the Psalms, we find the, the greatest proclamations regarding the value and the supremacy of the very word of God. The longest chapter in the entire Bible is in the Psalms and is focused on the supremacy and the value of the word of God. And so even in the midst of that book, that is all about an emotional musical response to God in all kinds of various stages and aspects of life. That book is is abundantly anchored in God's word and in truth and in the exaltation of God's truth. And so I think we need to, to do the same. So Matthew, we're, we're coming together on a Sunday morning to hear truths proclaimed from each other and to proclaim truths to one another. But that starts with, I think, the worship team coming together. So talk to us a little bit behind the scenes of how that worship team kind of comes together. Well, we have three very committed and gifted worship leaders uh, with Alex Valencia, Matthew Ma, and Andrew Ma. And there's a schedule that's put together where they each have opportunities to lead in various weeks. And there are teams that are built around them to lead and to play our uh, songs for each Sunday morning. And I have the opportunity to work with those three worship leaders. And we plan out usually a quarter in advance who the teams are, who's leading each uh, each Sunday. And we pick out the songs usually a quarter in advance. Now there is some flexibility week to week as we recognize uh, might maybe a particular song might fit well on a on a particular Sunday morning. But most of that is is planned in advance each quarter. Part of why I'm emphasizing that it is planned in that way. It's interesting. I am asked often after a service, "Oh, did you pick that closing song because it fits so well with Pastor Mike's sermon?" How did, you, how did you know to pick that song to fit with that, that sermon? And the reality is, most of the time, that's a song that was picked months ago for that particular Sunday without any knowledge of what the sermon was even going to be about. And why that's an important point is we are committed in the songs that we sing to sing songs that are gospel-saturated, Jesus-exalting, and God-honoring based on biblical truth. And interestingly, Pastor Mike is committed to preach on Sunday mornings, gospel-saturated, Jesus-exalting, God-honoring, biblically-saturated sermons. And so it's, it is not a coincidence that oftentimes the closing song matches up with what he's preaching because we are going at it from the same direction. So we select those songs and the worship team practices on usually on Thursday nights um, leading into a Sunday morning and then there at the church usually about an hour and 15 minutes before the first service. And then they play all three services. And I have calculated that there is generally between 35 to 40 hours of man hours put into just the preparation of musical worship on a week to week basis. So there's, there's quite an investment of just uh, volunteer time to select the right songs, put the team together, um, have the team come together, practice. The team wants to, be excellent in how they play, how they sing, what they do, so that they're not a distraction, but that they are a help in pointing people and engaging people in uh, in musical worship. There, there's a balance that's needed when we approach a Sunday morning. We don't want to be 
so structured and formatted that um, it becomes routine or that uh, we're just kind of going through the motions on a week-to-week basis on a Sunday morning. Again, we want it to be something special. But on the other hand, it's a time that hour and 15 minutes that we're together in a service. It's a time that's worthy of our preparation, worthy of our thinking ahead, worthy of work ahead of time to make that the most uh, effective and God-honoring time where God's people can be together and worshiping together. And really, that's the only time that that happens in the course of a week. It's one hour out of 168 in each week that we get to be with God's people um, doing that. And we want to elevate the importance of that and a big part of how we do that is just making sure that we think it through and prepare ahead of time. As far as specific songs, uh, we had this question a few weeks ago from one of our listeners who asked how exactly those songs get picked. And Pastor Mike gave a good answer, but I would be curious on your end how exactly that comes about. So the songs that we sing are critically important. Recently at the Shepherds Conference, Ligon Duncan made the point speaking to pastors. He said, people on their deathbeds are not going to be reciting your sermons, but they are going to be singing songs with their loved ones. Mm. And there is something about that scene and that reality that we want to choose songs that are worthy of being sung in those moments. And that those are the songs that our people know, not just for their deathbed moments, but for all of life. But that does kind of put it in perspective, the gravity and the importance of the words that we sing. So I think that echoes a lot of what we look at and what we consider regarding the songs that we choose at Grace. Songs are proclamations, but they are also teachers. You go home on a Sunday afternoon and there are lyrics running through your head and those lyrics can stay with you for days even. And those lyrics, whether we realize it or not, they are teaching us, they are reinforcing truth, they are grounding us, they are holding on to us. And we all know there've been moments in life when we hold on to certain songs and they make a significant difference in our mood and our perspective and our attitude and, and in how we engage the Lord. And so we want songs that are going to lead people to do that. That means that we are primarily looking at songs, not exclusively. I'm using the word primarily, but we're primarily looking at songs that are, that, that, that are a little bit more lyrically dense or are going to be effective in being able to teach, that are going to be providing truth in more than a surface level way. And that tends to require more words to do that in songs. And so we're looking at songs that do that, that proclaim truth in more than a surface level way. But when we do that consistently, and that truth makes its way in us and through us, sometimes there just needs to be a a response to that, a release to that. And so there is a place for simple responses and for simple lyrics and, and basic just response praising God. And there is a place for that. But we're looking at, in our overall song selection, we're looking at the right mix of, of kind of having that, uh, that lyrical density that proclaims truth and then an opportunity to respond. One other note on that is we also are primarily, again, not exclusively, but we're looking at songs that only a Bible-based Christian could sing, mm. which means, for the most part, that these are songs that are Jesus-oriented and contain enough truth to where somebody that is a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or a Muslim could not sing the same words because these these words are based in the truth of God's word that excludes those other perspectives. And we want those truths to be the truths that run through our heads. Yeah. 
kind of on that same note, I've been having that same line. We, we recently started singing Facing a Task Unfinished here at Grace, and the, the line that has been getting me has been, unnumbered souls are dying and pass into the night. And then it goes into the chorus where it talks about us going into all the world. That line sticks in my head and talk about emotion when singing. When we think about the dire straits that the world is in that we need to go and preach the gospel to them. These are the songs that should come to our minds that inspire us to do more. Yeah, not just in evangelism, but in every aspect of life. And Absolutely. that is an important part. And it's interesting, um, you know, you, you call out that line and I'm reasonably confident that whoever listens to this podcast, most people probably have never noticed that line. And mm-hmm. now the next time we sing that song, you've made the point and <laughs> it will probably jump off the the screen and people will, will um, notice that more. I, I think that is the value of singing songs that have depth to them. We can sing the same songs over and over again and different parts of the songs will land on us in different ways at different times. And there's still more value to mine out of that. It's interesting. I I can look back uh, several years and I can remember a a specific Sunday morning, we were singing the song, Come Behold This Wondrous Mystery. Mm -hmm. And I'd always thought it was a nice song, but I just hadn't paid attention enough to all of the lyrics in that particular song. And then one Sunday, I somehow, for some reason, I locked in on all the lyrics and in particular in the, in the last verse. And the song hit me in a totally different way, even though we'd sung it many times before. And I think uh, God, God can use that in our lives in different ways, especially when there's depth in the songs. Uh, we can connect to different songs and in different ways over the years. Do you have certain strategies that you could talk to us about, about drawing out of those songs, those lyrics, how you put it, locking onto those lyrics so that we can get more depth out of our songs? You know, I think it's worth, even in, in singing the songs, we want to be, we want to be God-exalting and God-focused when we're singing and the reality is our minds wander. Mm-hmm. Prone um, to wander, as it were. Yeah, I've heard that before. And, uh, you know, there there is a lot of thought and a lot of intentionality about the songs that we sing. And if you find yourself wandering and not connecting to the lyrics of a song or to a particular song for any reason, maybe for a verse of a song, it's worth uh, thinking that through and saying, what were they thinking when they picked this song? Mm. And uh, what is it in this in these lyrics that maybe is worth paying attention to and and giving some extra consideration to that? Because I can I can tell you with with confidence that there aren't any lyrics that we sing that haven't been given consideration and thought to how do these lyrics serve our church? Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about uh, musical worship. This was great. Yeah, thanks. It was, uh, this was, this is a favorite topic of mine to talk about and something that I am passionate about. And I hope that the people at Grace are, uh, are excited uh, to come together each Sunday morning to worship together. Well, I know I'm more excited. So if you wanted to uh, get in touch with us, you can do so by emailing us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We hope that you found this episode beneficial, and we also hope that you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary. <laughs>